Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, today I'm chatting with Danielle Laporte, author of How to Be Loving, and we're talking all about conditions for healing, how to come from love, even when your husband's buying too many cars, (laughs) and so much more, and I cry a lot. (laughs) She cries a lot. It's awesome. You're going to cry too. (laughs) And you're going to cry too. Before we do that, Mother's Day is approaching. So please do not forget your mama. I know you wouldn't. Um, At Macy's.com backslash heel squad, we have a lot of Mother's Day picks there that uh, I've hand curated. So you can check it out. Find something you love. If you don't find you something you love through my link, if you use the link anyway, Macy's.com backslash Hill Squad, it does get credited to us and it does help us uh, keep the lights on here. So thank you for that. Uh, without further ado, let's get into this very emotional, very loving conversation with Danielle. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Waze new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Waze seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. ...to chat about how to be loving, which is um, your book. And I think we all really need this help. And especially in this time in this world, I mean, it's interesting that you were inspired to write this at such a critical moment. Mm-hmm. It's probably obviously no coincidence to you. In a way it was, and it was really hard to write this book over the last three, four years. Because I felt so pulled out in all these directions, like all the polarization that was happening. I felt like in some case, you know, we're all trying to save each other's lives, depending on, you know, what your paradigm was. And it felt what we ended up with was not what I started with. This was going to be a book about how to desire higher. Like we're going to desire. We have minds. We're desirous creatures. But then it evolved into... You know, the old question for me was, how do you want to feel? What do you desire? And it evolved into like, what do you want to embody? What do you want to be no matter what? Mm. Like no matter what's going on in the world. That's where it's at now. What do you want to embody? Yeah. And for you, it's love. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be all the good things. You know, I want to be, I want my tone to be loving. I want my text to be loving. I want how I eat, take care of myself, take care of my kid. I want to be that no matter what mood I wake up in. You know, like I had somebody in my membership ask me, how do I be loving when I don't feel? Like being loving, I was like, that's the brilliant question. You do the spiritually grown up thing. And even though you're angry and you're all those kind of low vibe things, you make the higher choice. Oh, see, you just said the important word, choice. Choice. It's a choice. It is a choice. But someone listening might think you're trying to repress anger. You know, when I Mm. sometimes will talk about these things, people are like, but you have to feel what you're feeling. Yes. And so how do you feel what you're feeling and honor that 
but still make the higher choice. You don't identify as a feeling. So it's like there's a great Buddhist through line in how to be loving that you see yourself as vast as the sky. And I would just like, oh, that's like a really poetic concept. Didn't quite get it. But I think the idea is when you start to just, just even like visually imagine that your heart is that vast, you have all this space. You have space for your bad mood. You have space for their bad mood. And then you see, again, this is like kind of a nod to the Buddhist way. You see your feelings as clouds going through. Like you're the environment noticing your feelings. So you're not your failure. You're not your feelings about what your dad said about you. Um, you're not your PMS. You're not your exhaustion. Of course you're not those things. You're so, like you're vast. You're so much bigger. And you get to like the power move is saying, I actually can accommodate all of this. So you're not saying, you're not doing a spiritual bypass of, um, it's not spiritual to be angry. So I'm not angry. I'm going to be, I'm going to this, you know, everything happens for a reason and it's all positive. There's not that. You're the mama. Wow. I have this feeling. I made the, wow, that's interesting. There's this fear going by. I made that fear. I made that fear. We make the neuroses. We make all the stuff. We make stories about the stuff. Mm -hmm. I get to observe it. Doesn't take me down. I'm going to choose to stay centered. I'm going to do the loving thing. That's, that's power. Yeah. How do you do the loving thing in all scenarios? Because mm. at this point you've, how long have you chosen to embody that? Oh, it's, um, it's, you got to make the choice every day, every day. Like I have lots of but reasons. But there's probably right a point where you started making that conscious decision. Yes. And was it rickety for a while? Did you kind of fall in and out until it became? A practice. Yeah. The old way for me was really about desire. Goal setting. This is what I want. I want to feel con connected. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel badass. I want to feel love. All the good things do. I want to feel, I want to feel goodwill. And then I was in a really rough space. I was in my dark night of the soul, like a real one. Who am I? What do I believe in? Anxiety, suicidal ideation, like really dark place. And a friend called me. And at that point, all my friends were checking on me. You good? You good? We need to bring you okay? Should we bring anything over? And it was a friend who I hadn't talked to in a couple of years. And I thought, oh, she's having some intuition, like call me because I'm suffering. But she was suffering. And the conversation went to her first. And I was a friend, like I listen, we do what we do, you know, mm -hmm. and I listened and was, you know, supportive. And then we had to go, we didn't get to like my suffering and agony, my story, you know, and I thought, well, before she called, I was in my living room crying. And after the phone call, I just thought, I feel loving. I feel loved. I feel connected to like source, something really beautiful. This is fulfilling. Because you were able to help her. Yeah. I showed up as a friend mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with my mood. It had nothing to do with my dark day. And, and it was this, it was kind of a revelation. I was like, wow, 
being on the path, being fulfilled is not about my desires. And I think we are, I think culturally. Ooh, that's really important, actually. Important. Yeah. That your desires aren't necessarily going to lead to your fulfillment. 100%. Because we are trained as a society to think yeah. that those desires being met is what's going to give us fulfillment. That's right. So where does fulfillment come from? Well, can I talk about desire yeah. for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Underneath every desire is actually an aversion. So if your desire is to be partnered, and all of this is natural and cool, like this is all good, juicy human stuff, but let's just get really down to it, right? If your desire is like, I got to find my soulmate, underneath that is an aversion to maybe loneliness or abandonment. I got to make X amount of money. Underneath that is an aversion to probably this long list of things. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to have to strive. My parents didn't meet my needs, whatever it is. What we're going for is to really be okay with things how they are. So I'm good if I'm alone. I mean, this is one of the best things I ever learned from my shrink about a relationship. I'm good without him and I'm good with him. I'm, I can be fulfilled solo and I can really show up in the relationship. So like you kind of dissolve, you get ahead of the aversion and then you're not chasing stuff all the time because we are a desirous culture. Mm -hmm. And like the, I think the plainest way to say it is we're desirous because like there's just so much emptiness and we're just chasing, we're chasing the wrong stuff. And you know, I know you've had like these conversations, like how many conversations are we going to have? And I know like you're a Tony Robbins, like mm -hmm. the fulfillment I've talked to the athletes, I've talked to the gurus, <laughs> I've talked to the celebrity, and they get there, they get the goal, they crush it, they slay it, mm -hmm. empty. And then you're like, what's left? Like, what, what left? else is there? What? There's so yeah. much emptiness yeah. in a weird way when you get there. It's like, is this all that there is? Mm -hmm. You know, you climb the top of the mountain, it's like, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Love is the what. Everybody knows it. We're just not raised this way. The educational system, the political system, the medical system. Even I think, um, I haven't used this term before, but like even like our relationship system, like I'm, you know, I really, you know, I'm listening to a lot of the, uh, you know, the relationship teachings. And it's so much about filling the hole in your soul, like getting your needs met. And it's, it's really not about love. The needs being met. Yeah, I think I think the the popular, the pop culture conversation around marriage management, around dating, love is pretty absent actually. It's pretty manipulative. I think a lot of the relationship how-tos and I can see this in my own relationship. You know, I'm, I'm in a committed, uh, beautiful situation. And when we first got together and all that, you know, the ego flaring up and see me, see me, love me, love me. Are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the way I need you to be? And I just like, wow, this is manipulation, Danielle. Instead of, and of course, of course, we all deserve our needs met 
honor, respect, all those things. Um, but I'm just like, wow, what is actually the loving thing to do? Not make my needs the center of everything all the time. And that's the game changer. And I see this happening too in the psychology space. Like, I don't know how much therapy you've had. Mm -hmm. I've done some. <laughs> right? I've done a good amount. Yeah. Right. And Tell I, me what you see. I'm curious. <laughs> I want to go into therapy. I'm taking a therapy pause right now. <laughs> Years of therapy. I took a therapy pause. So good. I highly yeah. recommend it. It's really important sometimes. Yeah. You know what I found is I got to such a great space with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like I started with the Tony stuff. That was great. I got my like back my fire <laughs> and then I was like clean. now I gotta get rid of the fire and I need to yeah. like calm down I need yeah. to like shift into a whole other place and then I did the Dr. Joe stuff and I was flying mm. I was floating mm. and then I'd go to therapy and I'd be dragged down I'm like wait I don't think this is the purpose of this therapy yes necessary have the experience I'm grateful to all my therapists, life-saving. If I had five kids, which I don't, I would name them after my five therapists. <laughs> and my experience is there comes a time where it really is just this ego wheel where the wounded part of you wants to stay wounded because there's all these benefits. You don't have to change. You actually don't have to forgive necessarily. You don't necessarily have to be more loving you get all the ego self gets all this attention let's recapitulate let's rehash let's talk about how we got done wrong and the impact of all the wounding I get that be witnessed but you have to move on you have to move on so this goes back to your question about feelings like how do we not repress the feelings see the feelings honor the feelings don't over identify with the feelings see your trauma See all the patterns that got created from not getting your needs met as a child, which nobody ever will because everybody's bumping around. And then don't identify with it. Like you are, you are not the wound. You're the healer. You're the healer. And there's no victim texture in that. Like I, you know, I've been working with an energy healer for a long time and we create our meditations together and it's a real blessing. And when I was in my rough patch, I was doing all the things. I was doing the kundalini yoga and the supplements and the hormone stuff and the meditating and all of it, all of it, all of it. And still in a lot of agony. And then finally, like as this last ditch attempt, <laughs> she said, it was like, I felt like it was like the last trick she had in her bag. She said, D. What are you identifying as? And it just, it, I got it. I was like, I'm identifying as the problem. Like, I think I am the mess. Oh, wow. That's yeah. it. Well, you go to therapy, you talk about all your problems. I think like what you said is, is right. You have to, you need help sometimes to ha stop having the conversations with yourself and then, of course, uninformed people that really aren't qualified, mm -hmm. um, but to recognize the patterns. Mm -hmm. And yeah. once you start to see your patterns, then you can make the shifts. You can choose differently. You can make different decisions. 
um, at some point, rehashing and rehashing, you know, I was doing somatic therapy for a while and I loved it. It was really incredible for me. But at some point, like I said, I was flying so high and then it would just, I got to go back into those sunken places. I'm like, why? I already feel good. That was the whole point is for me to feel good. And I'd been working on the things that I needed to work on and building the boundaries I needed to build. And so I feel like you can have periods and go back to it when you need it. Mm. You know, it's kind of like a seesaw, I guess, in in a sense. But, um, or just be conscious about how you talk about the pain. Like I, I, my commitment to myself is I don't talk about most of the painful stories anymore. And if I do, I'm, I will say to myself, like, I'll just check in. Danielle, why are you talking about the pain? Why are you telling the story again? Whether it's a story, you know, the divorce story, the, whatever the story is. Right. And sometimes it's like, I want to reveal this part of my life to this person. This is part of like being more intimate. And sometimes I just that part of me is like, I just want a little bit more attention. And if I can just be the love, I'm just like, okay, dear wounded inner child, we're not going to tell the story. I love you. I got you. There's no need to tell the story oh, again. I love that. I've, I've done that too. And mm-hmm. it really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't like rehashing the stories either. It's like, okay, that thing happened to me. Fine. It's Mm -hmm. not the now and it's not the future. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and that's, I've been doing that. I even have been hugging myself at night sometimes. I'm like, I got you. Like, Mm -hmm. we're good. Mm -hmm. And I love you. Mm -hmm. That makes a difference for me, at least. Mm -hmm. That you hugging yourself like that so much is happening in that moment that's shadow work that oh, is I wanna cry I did it last night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like I love you I got you yeah. like you can go through I've gone through so much I'm like I can go through anything I can do anything there is no question in my mind I don't know why I'm crying right now but I just got so emotional you're very like your energy is so special too that like you have such a calming presence that it's like oh. mm. I get it. I super get it. What I say is, um, like I used to, in a sweet way, kind of make fun of the Tony way of getting on stage. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, before before a speaking gig, I would get all pumped. Yeah. I go Tony. I'd be like, Tony gets on the trampoline. I got to do that. And now what I do is, this is my version of the hug. Is instead of pumping myself out and saying, you saying, you know, I'm going to crush it. I feel that. And you'll, you know, as when you're, you know, holding your baby too, like it's going to be, um, if you take care of the most tender part of yourself or the, you know, this fragile little person, uh, that's all you need to take care of because your inner child's going to cry and kvetch and create anxiety or the baby's going to, you know, stop the holiday. I put my right hand on my belly, which is all like sacral, creative will, survival stuff. I put my left hand on my heart and I do this in the morning and I do it at night. And I say, I say to baby D, (laughs) or sometimes I'm feeling gnarly. I'm just like, ah, shadow self, you know, what do you need for me to support you? What do you need to come into balance? What do you need today? I mean, I did it today. And always the answers are really simple. 
it's just like, oh, let's hang out with people who laugh today. Can we please get into some parks? I need water. Just need a nap would be great. This is, this is esoteric. This is it. And so, and then I say to my inner child, I've got you and the divine has me. And I lean on the divine, but my shadow's got to lean on me. And, and then we go. So it's like, one thing I've learned with inner child work is don't leave, don't leave your inner child at home. <laughs> like you have to take your wounded parts to work with you. You know, if I, if I was jittery about a conversation, I don't say to my fear, you stay home. I've got to go do this. I don't talk down on my fear anymore. I think trying to overcome your fear is ridiculous because you created your fear. Can you explain that a little bit more? If everybody right now thinks about all the reasons they're in therapy or they're being coached, whatever it is, like, can I ask you? You don't have to say because, yeah. you know, but like, what's your thing? What's your pain theme? What are you dealing with? What's a topic? My pain theme. Um, I feel like there might be a few. Um, it's certainly health. It's mm-hmm. wanting to be loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all of us. Um, and wanting family. Okay. So all of that. I have a tissue. I can't do this without a <laughs> tissue. I'm like, oh man, I had no idea this was going to get so emotional. I feel like day. I might be having like baby hormonal things, even you though I'm not carrying the baby. Yes, you are carrying the baby. You are carrying the baby. I mean, he, she is already in your field. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I think we discredit like women will chalk it up to hormones. Oh, it's not hormones. It's not a biological thing. I mean, of course, that's part of that what manifests, but it's like you have a soul it's energy. that is coming yeah. in that's already chosen you. It's gonna expand you. It's this is what what, what I think about motherhood is that. Well, first of all, I'm super excited for you. I'm so excited for all <laughs> mothers, you. but it's like motherhood is Christ consciousness because you are going to love unconditionally. You are going to love. My son is 19. I can hardly, and I just recorded, I've been in LA recording a course. I can't talk about my kid because it's still so he's 19 and I cry anything. Wow. I would do anything for him. You'll do anything I've never for this heard being. of Christ consciousness, mm. but I love that. Christ consciousness is not the man named Jesus. Although that was part of what he carried. Christ consciousness is the Buddha had Christ consciousness and so many mystics Christ consciousness. And I think are we waiting for tissues? Is someone bringing in tissues? <laughs> Can we get some grapes and some cocoa at the same time? <laughs> some wine and a cheese board would be nice too. <laughs> oh, bounty towels. <laughs> a little soul and charcuterie would be fantastic. I'll take bounty, the quicker picker-upper. <laughs> 
this works just fine. All right. Whew. I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> we don't know where this is going. <laughs> this is baby. Baby. Oh, hugger. man. So you were saying you can't even talk about your... my son, motherhood and Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness is all inclusive love. You're going to love that child, whether they become a criminal or a superstar. That, you know, the child's never going to ask, you know, mom, do you love me? It would be, you would think, well, that's absurd. I love you. I loved you before you got here. Been waiting for you for yeah. a decade. I will love you when I'm not here. I mean, it's just. You waited a decade for yours too? No, I didn't oh, wait a decade. That's interesting you said that because I waited a you decade. You waited a decade. Yeah. It's, it's so pure. And everything I've learned, everything I think I know about God, I learned from being a mother. Because I, I feel like um, how I love my son, I just, I assume this must be how God loves. Yeah, because you'll just, it's unconditional. Wow. Do you need a yeah. bounty towel? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> my lashes are um, absorbing. It's, I, I like what you were talking about because I do this at night too. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually my left hand. I was like, which hand am I doing? I do my left. And I, and I do this. It's funny. My Sorry. energy healer was in, we were talking about this as well. That's how I go to bed at night. It's like very mm-hmm. soothing and it makes me feel like connected. Um, mm-hmm. And like I'm listening to myself. And then I have my note cards on my mantle by where I pray. And it's like, what did I do that was loving to myself today? Mm-hmm. What did I do that wasn't? What am I grateful for? Um, I have like a whole list of questions to kind of keep me on track mm-hmm. with everything. It's funny. I do it every day and I still would forget if these questions weren't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, if I didn't have this here, I would still forget um, but that is not a trivial exercise. Like for everybody listening, those questions are regulating your nervous system. It's affecting your dopamine. It's that is powerful stuff to do before you end the day. Yeah. And then, yeah. and also thanking my body. So then I thank all the systems mm-hmm. and I, you know, do that. And then I go to bed and then when I wake up, I do my grateful list with my poodle. <laughs> and it's very funny because she's all playful and stuff, but it's an exercise that brings me joy so that I can start mm-hmm. my day with joy. When you said what you, what do you want to embody? What I say at the end of that grateful list is, you know, what do we want to be in the world today, Winnie? Mm-hmm. And she starts barking and grrr, doing her little growling thing. And I'm like, I want to be the light inside and out. And so for me being being the light has been kind of what I've been trying to embody. But I also really love the idea of coming from a loving place. And so I've been doing it even with my husband right now. So I'm frustrated with him. He has an addiction to buying cars and the heel squad knows it. And I'm very upset with him (laughs) and in a very true way. Um, And I was like, okay, well, I could give him the list of things I'm upset about now. And, you know, and then, and go into the history of things that, you know, tell the story, tell the story. And I'm like, but I just don't think that's going to solve anything. And what that's going to do is that's going to give the retaliation. Cause you go, you fling, it's got to fling back. 
And it's like, well, you do this, 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 and this, which is what someone in a relationship for 25 years is going to do. He's going to have his list of things. And so I was like, how, I actually was saying this, I was like, how do I do this in a loving way? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I wonder for people with relationships, you know, whether it's dating or marriage, when you're in those situations, what is the most loving thing to do without negating your feelings, without, um, allowing things that you don't want? Mm -hmm. Um, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. I think first you have to have that moment of the behavior, the action that they're doing that's driving me nuts. How am I doing that somehow, somewhere? So it could be just like a little seed. Maybe you have just like too many shoes. But like there's something that you're, so like him accumulating all the vehicles driving you crazy. I totally understand that. Um, (laughs) What are you accumulating too much of or maybe his thing is he's denying something there's something excessive let's just say yeah where are you excessive and maybe it's really just a little harmless thing but just take responsibility for your like little seed of excessiveness your thing that's like his thing well my excessiveness is Mm. more on the saving side Mm. so I've always had the problem of not wanting to spend and he's been the spender Mm. right like we just Mm -hmm. oscillate between those two things so maybe would that excessiveness be what would make sense here i think if you got underneath that so like what's the shadow under your excessive saving like if you could be like his terror over being poor again okay (laughs) why do you think he's doing the cars is it his terror of being poor again or like this so there's something that's driving both of you that's shadowy that's like sticky. Mm-hmm. And if you can be like, oh, I have that sticky thing that I do. And it's about just saving. Fear's motivating me. And so fear's motivating you. Ego, cars, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that he gets to go buy more cars or any of that. But it just takes the charge out of judgment. Mm, yeah. You know? Like, so I could say to my partner, you know, that's like... That is so negative. You mean so negative right now. And b- But before I speak it, I think, well, I'm being negative right now about his negativity. Just catch myself. And then I created some common ground. My ego, I'm not as righteous. Just like, oh, I got a little bit of that too. Or I did that once upon a time. I did that. It's like actually our friend Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. Her favorite part of how to be loving is I just have this, it's just this one liner ends up being like the most spiritual thing in the whole book is you just say when you're in the conflict, you just say, oh, I've done that before. Whatever it is. I love that. Neutralizes it. And it might be like 10 years ago, you were a dick about something and you really have evolved. I've been, oh, they're arrogance. I've been arrogant before whatever it is. So you neutralize it and then you go in and you have to, you have to go And This is like relationship 101, but it works. Like I really, when you buy all these cars, it really scares me because I got this thing and you got to bring your thing to the table. I have done that before where I'm like, please just, I actually gave him a pass at one point. I go, 
just don't tell me anything. I don't want to know because mm-hmm. I have a disability. My disability mm-hmm. is money. I'm terrified mm-hmm. um, from how we grew up. And so I said, just know that I, I recognize I have an issue and it's excessive. I've gotten better, by the way. I'm sure. This was like I'm really sure. bad 10 years ago. I've gotten better. But um, but I've said that before, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think released him a little bit of, you know, but mm-hmm. – But I like where you're going with all of this because if we can manage our responses, Mm -hmm. we can get to a better place because when you just keep fighting fire with fire, it doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. Well, what you run from will chase you, so he'll just keep buying more cars because his shadow self might need the car, might not. Who knows? This could be enlightenment. We don't know, right? I think we do want to get to the place where... You could be asking yourself, like, okay, for the unit, he needs the cars. He wants the cars. How can I help with the cars but also honor my wounded child around the money? And you'd be like, all right, babe, what car do you want this quarter? Let's go get it together. And you just, his ego around, and I don't mean ego bravado, I mean, his wounded part of himself that might be excessive, again, we don't know what's driving it, might just relax. Might not need the cars. And maybe, and this is saintly, and I know it might feel impossible some days, we get to the place of you're going to love him like you're going to love your baby. And you're going to be like, bib, 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 bib. Uh, (laughs) No matter how many cars you get, I'm in. I'm in. And it's difficult for me. It creates a lot of anxiety for me. But I'm going to hold my anxiety because our, I, me as a being, I am love. I got room for you in all your cars. But you got to help me out here. This, it still causes me pain. I'm going to work on it. I'll work on it. And then he may always buy cars. <laughs> <laughs> I love the reality. <laughs> and that might just be your future. For people who are dealing with deeper issues, yeah. um, who maybe are at a crossroads and they don't know if this is something that they want anymore, mm-hmm. right? What what do you do? Because if you're giving that kind of, you know, pass, let's use the cars for example. Yeah. It's okay. You can I'm gonna hold space for you and do that. Um, what if there's deeper situations that people are in where they can't say that? Mm -hmm. Yes. This is not a pass for taking abuse. Yeah. Um, I think this is the foundation. Your job, your job on the planet is to create conditions of healing for yourself, to love yourself the way God loves you. Life, the divine, your parents, whatever, the most loving force you know, wants the best for you. Life wants you to be eating good food and drinking clean water and being healthy and surrounded by people who love you and who are good for your nervous system. That's your job. So if the people in your environment are not healing contributing to your healing in that way if it's 
abusive, if it's, if it's toxic, if it's wearing you down, if it's just feeding this illusion that you're not worthy, that you're separate, that you're not deserving, your job, and it's hard sometimes, is to create a more healing situation. What's that going to look like? The healing situation may be you're out of there. The healing situation may be you decide you're going to go for counseling together. Sometimes I'm not a fan of ultimatums, but that might be what you got to do to create the healing. And then you eat well and you get sleep and you hang out with people who make you laugh and you find your community. You create a healing life for yourself. I think that's something that all women really, really, really need to hear. Mm-hmm. It's creating a healing life for yourself Mm -hmm. because when you see how much anxiety plagues us and then the illnesses that are just so not evenly distributed between men and women yes um we carry a lot and we stress about a lot and we have to worry about a lot and Mm -hmm. um and it's it's really worn on the modern day woman i believe Mm -hmm. in in an incredible way Mm -hmm. so i'd love to dig in a little deeper into how to create that healing life for ourselves. You said, hang with the people that are going to make you laugh, spend time with the people that make you feel good. How does somebody go about that if they've, if they've now looked at their circle and said, hmm, this person stresses me out, this person isn't helping me in the ways they need to help me, this isn't working for me. Okay, I got to start from ground zero. Yeah, ground zero is the term. I got to start from ground zero. I got to help me out. I got to respect me. I got to give me dignity. I got to create a career that lights me up. You got to do that for you. Yeah. You got to do that for you. You have to be the healer. You have to take loving control of your thoughts. You need a spiritual practice. Doesn't matter what it is, but there has to be something in your life where you are making the effort to connect with your heart. To, to to tap into universal mind. Like we need contemplation. We need silence. We need, this is what I think right now for everybody on the planet, but we'll just give a little extra for women. If your whole life revolved around regulating your nervous system, you've done all you need to do in this lifetime. The world would heal itself. If you listen to music that is nourishing, Instead of all the stuff we're being programmed with, we're so programmed for bitterness Mm. and vulgarity and scarcity and loss. Like I'm at a point right now, I've been on a news diet for for 10 years. Me too. Yeah, (laughs) because it's not really news. Um, I was like, wait, one day I was talking to somebody about... um, about this big insurance thing I want to fix in the world. Mm. And he was the person to fix it with. He's like, okay, I'm just going to be a little busy the next couple of days because the bank just failed, Silicon Valley or whatever. <laughs> and I go, what bank failed? I don't know. And <laughs> turn on the news. I go, oh, right. okay. Wow. You find out what you need to know. You really do. And you're doing okay. Yeah. You know? I'm doing much better with the, my news diet, that's for sure. I don't even, if I hear a song, even like like someone sends me a Spotify playlist. If it's a song about I'm not going to get at what I want or revenge or smack my bitch up. <laughs> thank you. You need to say it. I can't watch any TV that's dark or and I like loved Game of Thrones. 
couldn't do it. But Once since they did the then, nipple cutting, I was out. Oh, the new one, you mean? The old one. Oh, I don't like, remember I can't. that. I was tra- it was traumatizing. I can't do anything dark anymore. Yeah, good. And it feels so good. Like, And it's great because Kevin got on the same page with me because for a minute he kept wanting to watch dark. I'm like, Kevin, I, I literally can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Nothing dark. It has to be funny. That's it. If I'm going to watch TV at all, it has to make me laugh. This is power. This is wisdom. This isn't about being hypersensitive. It's not even about being burned out. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps a bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. This is wisdom. It's like, why would you eat toxic stuff? Why would you have a sugar diet? You can't, you know, the effects of it. Why, you know, why, why would you ingest this stuff in your mind? We all know that it sells. But it creates all kinds of addictions. Like people are being programmed to vibrate at that low level. And then we come in with all these stories, like the story around feminism and media and entertainment. Barf for me. It's like, you think, you think because she's singing about wet whatever, (laughs) that that's empowerment? She's being used by the system. She's being a commodity and the darkest energies are hijacking her mind. This is not, this is not common sense. This is insanity. And to say, you know, like my kid, 19, watching the stuff and I walk in, I'd be like, dude, I can't. And of course, you know, we want to cuddle, still watch a movie together, do the thing. And just like, I got into Handmaid's Tale. Oh. And they get you because it's all about rescuing the kids, right? I couldn't. I'll never forget. I watched up until they mm-hmm. they escorted them out of that office. Yes. And I got the chills and I was like, this is too real. I can't watch this. And I was like, I cannot watch this. I was done. Mm-hmm. It was so scary to me. And it's programming. Yeah. I got sicker and sicker. as I had a cold at the time. I got sick. And I was, I was like, it's the stuff I'm watching. I need mm-hmm. to stop ingesting this. Where were we going with that? What we're listening to, the news diet. It's just the diet of all... Toxicity. All the outside yeah. forces, yeah. what they're, what they're, what we're listening to, what we're eating, what we're watching. It's all so important. And I've mm-hmm. been so aware of it, um, these last years. And I'm so grateful because I've gotten really comfortable with silence. I've gotten really mm-hmm. comfortable with being alone. I never thought I could be alone. I love being alone. Mm-hmm. I love the stillness. I love the quiet. Um, and I think, you know, I've definitely had, like Marianne Williamson was on the show and she came at me for not watching news and not being informed and not being active. 
politically, I'm like, first of all, I'm a journalist. I can hide behind that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but secondly, it's not good for my health. And I have to think about my health because my health is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I am doing my part in spreading the right, the things that I feel are good in this mm-hmm. world and, and healthy and, and, you know, like I'm doing my part. She's like, yeah, you are. I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> got their part. Yeah. Everybody's got it. Some of us are selling cars. Some of us are buying cars. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm going to kill them. And some of us are doing yoga, and some of us are having babies. And it doesn't matter. Like, I think, uh, you know, there's the, the Buddhist term, bodhisattva is the one who makes the commitment to the to the, the goodwill, for, goodwill for everybody, the well-being of everybody. It doesn't matter to me what role you're playing, like be a kind barista. You mm-hmm. never know. You know, like I think I, I don't like false compliment people, but I don't hold back. Me too. And I love it because they need to hear it. When is anyone totally. hearing? There was a guy at um, the burger lounge, I think it's called. My dad and I went and had, you know, a quick lunch and he was so joyful and so wonderful and so helpful when I walked out, I said, can we clone you? Because you mm-hmm. are so amazing and so bright. And I just want to say thank you because you made the experience here so great. It's like, thank you so much. I'm like, I, I just wanted to make sure you know that. And I do that. And it sounds like you do that because who's paying him a compliment? Yeah. Who's telling him that he has something great in him? And so I love paying the compliments. Also, it's part of our like culture as Greeks. If you don't pay the compliments, you give them an evil eye. And so I don't want to be the one giving people evil eyes because I'm holding back. But um, yeah. The Greeks say, you look great today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You look beautiful. <laughs> so is that what you, what you were going to say? I you just do? feel like no withholding of love anymore. Like I really have learned this in my romantic partnership with my guy of I made a commitment at the beginning just been together for a couple years but that I wasn't going to get all game about it to again the back to like get my needs met that I would just never withhold love and sometimes I do of course I miss the mark lots but just um how can I praise him from a genuine place um, how can I express my gratitude? And I could see that when I with, with, would withhold and get into that manipulative way, that I felt just ugly, a little bit ugly, mm-hmm. a little bit bitter. And I feel that, you know, in a metaphysical way, I mean, we know there's blockages. If there are any energy blockages in the body, it creates some kind of toxicity, some buildup. Um, love is energy. And all the mystics speak of the detriment of withholding love. Mm-hmm. We really do it at our own peril. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it with my brother when we, um, when my mom was passing and I just, mm. I'd had it with him. And what was so hard about it is it turns you into the person you're not. And I always hate that because I know when I'm acting out of character and it's withholding love. It's like having to have that like ice cold 
boundary walls like 20 feet out. Don't mm-hmm. come near me. I am going to be really angry and really hateful so that I can never let you hurt me, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point I just had to like let it go. I'm like, this is not helping me. How, how did you let it go? What was your thinking? I just, well, I've always eventually will get to the place where I, I know I have to forgive because it's not helping anybody. It's mm-hmm. not. And then I, I always, I try to have empathy for the other person and see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very much in my astrology chart. I'm very fair. So mm-hmm. I will look at the other person's side and have empathy and understand that they're just in pain. And when you start to see the similarities, like he just wants to be loved. He just wants family. Mm-hmm. We want the same things. Um so I just kind of like let it go. And I said, that's it. We're just going to try again. And, you know, for a minute it was awkward and weird because, you know, he would say, I love you. And I'm like, <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. And then when I got comfortable and I felt, I felt it, then I was able to say it. Um, so I didn't push myself or force myself. I said it when it was genuine, but I was just leading with empathy and kindness and just letting things be and realizing our, our common grounds and those, those desires, I guess. And, uh, and just knowing it was killing me and it was, I was not being me. And what we really want in life is to be our kind of fullest self. Yeah. That's something that I've always had a hard time with is getting to be my fullest self was sometimes a problem for other people. So I always had to did you have Dim. the I'm too much story? What, um, what was, what couldn't you be? Yeah, I think that there was, you know, there was, there was just too much for some people and they made me feel like that. And so mm-hmm. um, I always just thought, oh, I just got to dim down, just dim down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you get older and you realize, well, that's their issue mm-hmm. and it's their problem. And so. And you got to deprogram all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Deprogram is the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heart's default is forgiving. We want to forgive. I think we can even, most of us can just get to like, just that microsecond of like, oh, it'd be great to forgive. No, but, but, but I can't. We signed the contract, we said mm-hmm. all this, but I can't. But I, it would be, no, no, it wouldn't be nice to forgive. It would be great to be all the other things. I want to, I'm going to actively start having more conversations about forgiveness because I'm just kind of like loosely interviewing people about it. Most people talk about like this kind of expansive feeling and this relief, Mm. but it's almost like a, it's a high, it's a drug to just be like, oh. Because you're letting it all out. Now you're (sighs) like all the weight that you've been carrying and dragging. Yeah. To be that is so painful. And I think, you know, when you do think about your health and what it's doing inside, it's ravaging you. It's like, well, what is this for? And who is it really hurting? It's just hurting you. Mm -hmm. I wonder about, you know, you're talking about women kind of taking the hit in terms of health. And that got me thinking, I've been thinking about this since you said that, is... You know, the feminine is, tends to be more heart-centered. It doesn't mean it's not there in the masculine, and it is the call for all of us, of course, love, 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 all the way. 
But I wonder if there is a relationship between the feminine and us burning the karma. Like all the physical ailments are a way that suffering is to burn karma. Like you're learning what you're made out of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are expanding. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us say, I'm so grateful for the chronic thing or the thing we overcome. Um, I have. Do you say you're grateful for it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've gone through some really crazy things Mm -hmm. health-wise. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I was grateful pretty instantly because I knew they were moments of change for me, Mm -hmm. that my life was going to change, that I was going to be able to make actively different decisions. And also, I think in the beginning, when this stuff happens, it kind of affords you the opportunity to do it. Maybe you were scared. Maybe you wouldn't have. Maybe there was no kind of path you could see. But now it's like, whoo, open road. Mm -hmm. I'm done. No one can tell me anything. What was the, like, what was the internal shift to heal? Like before you believe this, and then in order to heal, you be, you believed what? I don't know if I fully know what you're... What did you have to believe in order to heal? I had to believe that healing was possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, and when you talk about forgiveness too, when you're at a Tony Robbins seminar and you hear a girl that stands up and says she's been raped umpteen times and she's forgiven all of them, I'm like, I can get over my stuff. I can get over my shit easy. That's why these stories are so special. When people tell you their stories of overcoming, yours generally is lesser Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it inspires you to say, well, I got this. And so for healing, for me, it had to be possible. And I saw, you know, at least in my situation, my mom and I got diagnosed with brain tumors. My mom had... At the same um, time? Yeah, within a few months. Amazing. Hers was malignant. Mine was benign. I watched her walk through it with grace. I was like, oh, this is totally possible. And wow, I can actually use this Mm -hmm. to change my life. And this was a gift. This was a total gift. Um, And then since, you know with anything else it's the same thing it you know I always say it's like Tyson knocks me out Mm. and then I get back up and I'm like okay I can do this I got this and it it does build it it, it's funny my husband used to tell me all the time you are so much stronger than you even know he's Mm -hmm. like I can't even believe how strong you are and I'm like oh my god I think I'm so weak how where do you see that and I couldn't see it before Mm -hmm. I wonder if you and my mom were sharing the same energy. It's like whatever that energy is that had to be healed, you took part of it and she took part of it. And that's amazing at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny. It was, it was setting me on this path. Mm -hmm. And so I shifted everything to helping her and healing her in the process. I learned so much. I call myself a fake doctor and then I built this show. You play one on TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's brought me to kind of my higher purpose. Like I knew I never wanted to be an entertainment news host. Mm-hmm. That was never really – I liked sports. Sports was kind of my thing. But I always just kind of followed the path. I was like, oh, is this the way we're going? Cool. I never had like anything set. I knew I wanted to be in LA. I knew I wanted to be on TV. I knew 
that general kind of thing. And so I just have always, I'm like, God, guide me where I got to go. I'll be a good person. I'll work hard. Just show me where I have to be and what I have to do because I have no clue where I'm supposed to go. That's it. And so then I came to this and this lights me up every single day to be able to have these conversations, to learn every day. And I love learning. Mm. I'm obsessed with it. So, and I always have, and I've always wanted, I've always read self-help books since I was really young. And so every day I'm arming myself with the tools to be better and to do better. And it's so exciting. And so I don't know where it's all going from here, but I know that I can handle anything. Anything. And I know I am a healer. Mm -hmm. And so when life hits, (laughs) like I got it. Mm -hmm. You're the healer. And I'm crying again. (laughs) You're the queen of heal squad. (laughs) This has been such a great conversation. Yes, thank you. Thank you you for coming in. Thank you for sharing this and teaching us that love is the way because we know it is. It's just hard to get out of our own way sometimes. Love is the healer. That's the medicine. You're such a light. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Oh, my God.